We are on like a tree, and we have preached that as a sermon. We have preached that the church grows warmer through fellowship. We have preached the church grows deeper through discipleship, and today the church grows stronger through worship. Go to the book of Colossians. And you're going to find that book, and you're going to scratch your head after you find this and say, well, now, preacher, what's this really got to do anything with worship? Well, we will find out. Good to have my kids here. No, our, our, our kids here. Yeah. Okay, well, I said, these are my kids, and I just stand over looking like, you know, Colossians chapter 1, verse number 26, 27, 28. Even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made known to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. That's me and you. That's me and you. Without Jesus... We wouldn't have a hope. We wouldn't have a chance. But because of Jesus, we can be grafted into the vine. And do you realize that once that, once that takes root, that that is a stronger connection to the vine than a natural branch is to the vine? So be grafted into the vine. Which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Everybody say that with me which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now you're going to do it, Christ in me, the hope of glory. Are you ready? Which is Christ in me, the hope of glory. One more time. Which is Christ in me, the hope of glory, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect and complete in Christ Jesus. Lord, I'm asking and praying today, dear God, that you would help me enormously in, the, in this service and in this sermon, and God, that you would heighten the awareness of every person here, Lord, that you would quieten every baby and every person God would be able to hear fully and to grasp what you're trying to say through your word, in Jesus' name, amen. Church, I am right where I am supposed to be right now, today. I am doing what I feel like God has called me to do right now, right here, today. But let me tell you something that's even bigger than that. For me to be who God has called me to be. It's great to do, but it's even bigger than that is to be. To be what God wants me to be. This is why I said last week, we just cannot focus on one thing and think that's enough. No matter what it is, well, if it's fellowship, thank God for fellowship, but you can't just focus on that. You can't just focus on prayer. 
No, to do the whole package, for all that come together in your life, you're going to have to be what God wants you to be and not just to do something. If an artist was painting a painting and before he was even done, you walked up and started criticizing the painting, that is foolish on your part because the artist is not quite done with the painting yet. That's why I don't go around pointing my finger and fault finding and nitpicking everybody because I feel like the artist may not be done with that work of art that he's trying to create. And it would be stupid on my part to rip into what the artist is doing in a person's life. It is important to do things, but it's even more important to be what God wants you to be. God has a plan for you. In 2 Corinthians 3, we are changed into his image from glory to glory. And the word glory is God's purpose completely fulfilled in me. I'm going to read this now. I want you to catch that. Christ in you, the hope of God's purpose, completely fulfilled in you. That's what God's trying to accomplish in your life. Christ in you, the hope of God's purpose, completely fulfilled in you. That's why when somebody gets saved, thank God, no wonder the angels in heaven rejoice because immediately it's Christ in that person. And when that happens, there is hope for that person. What the Bible says, Christ in me, the hope. I now have hope. There's hope for me. There are some people you say, oh, well, they're saved and I don't see any hope for them. Hey, if they're saved, that means that God is on the inside of them and there's hope that God can transform them into what he wants them to be. It's wintertime. It's important that the pilot light be on in your house, Right? Because if the pilot light is on in your house, there is hope that there's going to be warmth in your house. No pilot light, forget it. You ain't going to get warm. But as long as that pilot light's there, I've got one of these gas log fireplaces that I got it at Lowe's and I should have bought a good one somewhere else, good grief. And that thing, I cannot keep that thing going and it would be there for a while and oh, it'd be great. I'd leave, come back and, and room's kind of cold and look over the, oh, the pilot lights out again. I'm so sick of this thing. I'm telling you, I already just, get, oh, I just, oh, I'm just, and I don't, I just don't, I don't know. I finally called Doug Johnson. Doug Johnson came over. He took all them little fake logs out of there. He got down there where that thing was at. He took a wire brush and he done something else and he did this, he did that, and he did, he did all this stuff and he lit that thing and that's been weeks ago and that thing is still going raise. <laughs> but when the pilot light is there, when the pilot light is on, there is hope that there will be warmth in the house. We've got an Orchardville branch. 
We've got Karen Wason as a janitor, Angie McMean as a janitor. Over at the Centralia branch, Kathy Branson, janitor. Over at the Fairfield branch, Justine Durham, janitor. It, this building could be somewhat dirty. But the moment the janitors walk into the building, there's hope. This building going to be clean. I just seen the janitor walk through here. There's hope. That's why I don't give up on people. People say, oh, well, that Orchardville church, they're just all about winning somebody to Jesus. Just a bunch of numbers is all there. Every number is a soul that will stand before God. And if that person gets saved, that what that means is one day when they pass away, they will fly into heaven and they will be able to walk through a gates of pearl. They'll be able to walk on streets of gold. They'll be able to walk up to Jesus and him embrace him. I'm telling you, it is more than a numbers game. It's every soul is important. And the moment that person gets born again, the janitor just walked into their life. There's hope that they're going to get cleaned up. Amen. The moment that person gets born again, Doug Johnson just walked into their life, and that pilot light's going to stay on. There's hope. There's hope. Christ in me, the hope of glory. And what this thing, I could preach this whole message and never even mention the word worship, but I'm telling you, it's not about the mechanics of worship. What this message is, is why you ought to worship, because Christ in you means everything, is what that means. <laughs> Listen, I may not be what I ought to be, but with Christ in me, there's hope. You may not be what you ought to be. And I know some of you ain't. <laughs> but Christ in you, there's hope. Dave, I looked the other way when I said that. He's over there talking. Say, he talking. Yeah, he, yeah, he's talking about me. I know, I know he's talking about me. <clears throat> Galatians 4 talks about until Christ be formed in you. Think of Mary, the mother of Jesus. The pilot light came on right inside her tummy. And then Jesus started forming within her. That's why Paul said what he said there in Galatians, until Christ be formed in you. She had the pilot light come on right in her life. There are people, no, I'm going to skip that. No, I'm going to say it. <laughs> right now, if you're bored, this is what I got wrote down. Right now, if you're bored, it's because you're boring, exclamation point. So when I put an exclamation point, it's like, if you're bored, it's because you're boring. If I put two down, two exclamation points, it's, if you're bored, it's because you're boring. If I put down more than that, it's, if you're bored, it's because you're boring. 
Right now, I'm just so bored. It ain't got nothing to do with me. ain't got nothing to do with this church. ain't got nothing to do with Jesus. It's because you're boring. Oh, wow. I didn't come to church to get insulted. What's the old saying? Where do you usually go? Oh, that was... Why should we worship the Lord, Christ in you, the hope of glory? That's why we should. That's why we should. There are people here, there are Christians here right now today. You're saved as Billy Graham, and you don't tithe. Jesus doesn't give up on you. Why? That pilot light's there. That janitor is there. That heating cooling guy is there. He don't give up on you. There are Christian people here today, you've never tried to win anybody to Jesus. Jesus does not give up on you. Why? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Something big is going to happen in your life. I believe it. I have hope, and so do you. One of the greatest verses in the Bible, I love this verse. Jonah chapter 3, verse 1, trivia question. Who knows what that says? And the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. He would not do what God told him to do. He gets on board the ship. They throw that preacher overboard. He gets swallowed by a great fish. Eventually, he prays in that belly of that ship at the bottom of the Mediterranean Sea, and his prayer was, oh, God, I delight to do thy will. People say, God will never make you do anything. I believe that, but God will make you want to do what he wants you to do. And on board that first submarine ride in history at the bottom of the Mediterranean Sea, he prays and cries out to God. God hears and answers that prayer, that Whale goes topside and is the first thing to ever get sick of a preacher and puke that thing, that preacher, out of his mouth. I mean, I know why, why, I know why Jonah prayed like he prayed. He wanted to go out of that fish the way, same way he came into that fish, not a different route. Oh, God, I delight to do thy will. And God got his attention. And that man, when he was topside again, the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that wicked city, and cry out against it. And he went and did it, and everybody from the White House on down got born again because that, because God gave that guy, that running prophet that was running the wrong way, gave him another chance. Why? Because Christ in him the hope of glory. There was hope in him still yet. Don't give up on people. I think, we, I think we're way too quick just to write people off. I ain't doing it like I think they ought to do it. Just, they're no good. That ain't how God feels. That ain't how God felt about Jonah. He went looking for him. In the book of Genesis, Jacob left the will of God and went and lived in the city of Haran for 20 years. What happened? 
God called him back, kept calling him back. 20 years later, God could have said, well, forget this guy. We'll go on to somebody else that actually wants it. No, 20 years later, the call of God is still there. He arises. He goes back to Bethel, and there God meets with him again. God did not give up on him. Christ in him, the hope of glory. Thank God for that. I love that song, I will rise and go to Jesus. He will embrace me in his arms. In the arms of my dear Savior, oh, there are 10,000 charms. If Doug Johnson is here, there's hope because the pilot light is on. The janitors are in the building, there's hope. The building's gonna be clean because the janitor's in the building. Christ in you, there's hope because he's in the house and can do something in your life. Paul just wasn't mincing words. He meant it. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Why should we worship the Lord? Because the Lord loves us and is proud of us. I was reminded of that the other night while I was watching my TV show. Well, really, it's Kay's TV show, but I've kind of glommed on to it. Last year, I'd eat bonbons. Actually, I finally tasted some bonbons here a while back. They were great. (laughs) Which one wasn't made me those anyway? Was it Lori? Lori from the Centralia branch made me bonbons. Wow, they were awesome. They really seemed to be like they'd be awesome now. But uh, last year, I remember watching this, my favorite TV show, really Kay's favorite TV show, and I've glommed on to it. But, uh, and while the TV show was going, I'd be eating, you know, something really good, thinking, <laughs> look at them people on TV going through what they're going through. And here I am eating this good stuff. Hmm, I ain't eating no good stuff now, but I'm still on watching the show, and How many knows what the show is? That's it, The Biggest Loser. It always seems offensive when, is it Julian? Is that her name, Jillian? Jillian says, I'm sorry to tell you, you're not the biggest loser. That always just seems kind of weird to me. But maybe that's just me. Um, This gal was doing her best, and that one trainer came up to her and said, looked her right in the eye and says, I'm proud of you. I think it meant more to her than if he'd give her $10,000 check. She just started boo-hooing. I don't think she'd ever been told that in all of her life. Somebody was proud of her. I mean, boo-hooing. And later on in the show, she's still talking about Daryl or whatever the guy's name was, He said he was proud of me. Jesus is proud of you. And if it could make, if that could make the same impact as what that trainer saying he was proud of that woman, if that could make the same impact on you of knowing that. And the reason I know is because he loves you. That's why. You're proud of your kids. They may not always do right, but you're proud. That's my kid. Junior, you better straighten up. But I'm. 
Dolly Shaw handed me something last week and reminded me of something that I had told a long time ago. Man had missed church about a month. The pastor went and visited, knocked on the door. The man said, come in. Walked in, the living room, the fireplace, and the guy said, pull up a chair. He's sitting by the fireplace. They sat both, the men sat right there. Man, you know how we are, unlike the fairer sex. But they sat right there and basically didn't say nothing. Kale asked me, well, what did you just talk about? Oh, well, I don't know. <laughs> don't you hate that, guys? <laughs> My phone conversations last mm, this long. <laughs> Other people's phone conversations last longer. But they sat right there, side by side. Preacher reaches over with the poker, and he takes one of the embers that's right there in the fire, and he moves it over. And they're both just watching that. That ember, that glowing ember, as it just gets, that glow just gets smaller and smaller until now it's not even glowing at all. And the preacher reaches over with the stick poker and pushes it back into the flame, and immediately there it just it started glowing again. And the man looks over to the preacher and says, I understand what you're saying, preacher. I'll be in church next Sunday. It's going to be harder to do this if you're off by yourself, but if you're in with the group, it's going to be easier. It's going to be easier. Harken back to the biggest loser. Seems to be easier when there's other people around and they're in this together. Amen. Bow your heads. Father, I'm thankful, God, that you've allowed me one more time to deliver your word. And Lord, I am praying that it does not fall upon a ground that is hard and a heart that could care less, but Lord, that it has fell upon good ground. And people that want to know, want to do, want to be what you've called them to be a born-again, victorious Christian that loves you and worships you. God, this message today is not about the position of whether we ought to sit or stand or kneel as we worship, but God, it's why we ought to worship. You've saved me. A million years from now, I'll be rejoicing about that. Ten million years from now, I'll be rejoicing about that. It's why we ought to worship. Thank God. Thank God. If, if all of us could just get a, a, a small percentage of that truth within us, it would revolutionize each and every one of us. If you're here this morning and you don't know Christ as your Savior, this can become a reality. That pilot light can be lit within your soul and within your being. That can happen today. And when that happens, there's potential for the fire and the warmth of God to come into your life. If you're here this morning and you haven't said yes to Jesus, I'm going to ask you if you'd raise your hand. 
anybody, anybody you've never asked Christ to be Savior and Lord, that you can't really say that that pilot light is going in your life. Okay, looks like I'm talking to everybody here that's saved and believe in Jesus Christ. And that is a, that's a blessed thing if that is actually true. And I'm thanking God that if it is true, thank God for that. And since we're saying that that is true today, I want to let every one of you know and realize that that ember and that spark and that pilot light in you can grow and grow and grow. But you need to reach out to him. You need to love on him. You need to worship him. We're going to open these altars up. And I think now would be a great time for you to be able to do that. If you want to pour your heart out to him, now would be a great time. Sure, you can do it at your seat. You can do it there. But Jesus doesn't give up on you. Don't give up on yourself. If that pilot light is going strong, don't give up on yourself. Let's all stand. As they sing, these altars are now open. Let's take some time. Let's take some time this day right now. Thank God.
in me the hope of glory. I want everybody to say that together. Christ in me the hope of glory. One more time. Christ in me the hope of glory. If he's in you, there's hope. There's hope. There's hope. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.